Welcome back to the Scare Stiff Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, my friend? Uh, feel pretty gross. Yeah. I you're still, feel you're gross. Still over, you're still getting over your sickness. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also haven't shaved. I'm wearing a shitty clothes. I'm getting ready to work out, so I just don't feel very good right now. Well, it's a good thing that the uh, camera's not as high quality as it could be. Yep. Sure. That's going to make me feel much better. <laughs> uh, okay. So, how are you feeling? I'm okay. We, I'm a little tired, but I'm glad that uh, we didn't stay as late as we did at work. Seven and a half. Close to seven and a half hours. Pretty good work day. Yep. I mean, it's a, it's been a good week. We've been very busy. Very this has been a very hectic October, October, to say the least. Oh, 100%. It's been lots and lots and lots of running around and going to see movies in theaters. That would not be possible. Yeah. A lot of going to see movies that we can't even see, so we don't end up seeing them. True. A lot of films that they have special screenings on, and we're sick, or we don't have time for it. And then occasionally there's special screenings where we can see them. Luckily. But you say occasionally as if it wasn't just one of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because the beginning of the month with Dracula and uh, Frankenstein, that didn't go very well. The, uh, the, the, vid- the visuals were green instead of black and white, so we got a refund for that one. That was very disappointing. But we both couldn't see Evil Dead. I was feeling like shit. You had a prior engagement. Yeah. We did manage to see Scream, so that's pretty cool. Easily the least excited that I would be out of the three. So. <laughs> yeah. I it was definitely, feels like God was shitting on me on that one. I was definitely more looking forward to seeing Evil Dead in the theater, but I, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't make that work. That was I too fucking sick. I would have really liked to see those two classics in theaters. Yeah, I would have loved to see Dracula and Frankenstein. But oh, well. It, they'll be in theaters again, I'm sure. It's not a big deal. Yeah, maybe it'll be next year or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure I could probably end up seeing them in Salem or something. Actually, you know what? 1931-2021. I know, it's 80 years, that's why they did it. Yeah, so we, it may not be, it won't be in theaters next year, at least not not nationwide. Yeah, I just meant mostly, like, I could probably see them in Salem or something. Yeah, they usually throw those kinds of movies in there. Yeah, so hopefully that'll work out for me. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But, speaking of special films, this is the final film we're doing for our Halloween marathon, going through the decades, and this is... I would say, not your favorite, but at least your top three favorite horror films, right? Yes, it is my third favorite horror movie of all time. Okay. I just win. behind, I win. Yep, just behind Nightmare on Elm Street is number one, number two is Suspiria. Okay. So, very close. It's actually climbed up. It was actually a couple spaces lower before, but as past couple years have gone on, I've watched it more than I would say any movie. I would just come back to it. So this is a comfort movie for me. Mm-hmm. I get that. The movie's Halloween. <laughs> um, if you watched our screen review, you knew that already. But so we're doing it covering the '80s. Clearly, Halloween came out in '78. You know. Yeah, it's close enough. Do you, Do you want to give it? Because I'm going to have my piece as to why I consider it the '80s. Why I consider covering it for the '80s. I feel well, like I mean, it's for kind of two reasons really and I mean we've discussed this off camera before so I feel like we're both going to kind of agree on this 
A, it's 78, it's close enough. Uh, but also, a big part of the, the horror movement in the 80s was a lot of slasher movies. And those movies don't exist the same way as they do, I'd say, without Halloween. Yeah, Halloween structures slasher films in a very different way than prior films like Texas Chainsaw and Black Christmas did. Yeah, I would say, like, obviously those and Psycho are the proto-slashers. They're called proto-slashers for a reason. I would say that when you get down to brass tacks, the actual formula of slashers was set here. Yeah, I mean, I you could make more of a case for Black Christmas than you could for Texas Chainsaw, I, I'd say. Texas Chainsaw, it's, it's really weird, because it, it's a slasher movie, technically, but it is unlike most anything in the subgenre. I mean, if you get rid of the last kill they're not hunting anybody they just happen to fall into the wrong area like they just happen to be like hey fuck are you doing here i'm gonna teach you a lesson like (laughs) yeah it's wrong place at wrong time yeah whereas Whereas halloween he's hunting them yeah once once a specific thing happens he's actually like fixated on them and in tracking them through the town and all that stuff whereas in, in texas chainsaw massacre if they never rolled up on that house by accident, they, this would never have happened. Yeah. So. Even, even, like, with them being in the area close to the house, they don't give a shit. But with Michael Myers, like, he's going into people's cars, he's breaking into their house, he's following them doing things. You know, they never leave their house, really. Yeah. So. Black Christmas is a lot more of a case, but I, I feel like with Halloween, it solidified what to expect and how to go about the formula for slasher films. I would also say that the different, one of the big chief differences between this and Texas Chainsaw Massacre or even Black Christmas would be rather than, you know, this Halloween has this more of like a malevolent idea of something like the boogeyman, which is something obviously they say a lot in the movie, Uh, you know, this malevolent force, this, you know, manifestation of fate, which is another big important part about this movie. Whereas, you know, looking at, like, Black Christmas, or more specifically, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, this is like a, you could actually, this is like a real life, like, these are just people who are absolutely out of their minds, who are killing people and eating them, you know, it's not like a, a, it feels a lot more spooky and supernatural in Halloween, even if that is not the intention. Yeah, it's a lot more elevated than, like, what you consider is reality. Yeah, it feels a lot more like it's a like a specter is chasing you, Which rather is than real people. What really picked up on with characters like Jason Voorhees as time goes on, Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously. You know, it's another um, thing. Like you know, you, you're you love. I mean, obviously, I, I love it too. But you really love the Friday the Thirteenth films. Yeah, if we didn't cover them, I would argue the best example of the 1980s for slasher films or for horror. Would probably would be, be a Friday movie. The original Friday is the one. I agree. I think we covered all of them. We sh- we wouldn't do it again, but Friday is the one where it's like we can do it cheap, we can do it easy, and we don't have to give two fucks. And the eighties were like, I like those three things a lot. Yeah, the Friday Thirteenth movies were easily some of the, some of if not the most profitable slashers of the eighties. It's between them and some of the sequels for Nightmare did, did really good money. The reason but, I would argue Friday is because Friday is a staple of the 80s because those Paramount 8 come out through the entire span of the 80s. No, I agree. <clears throat> With uh, Nightmare, you know, it comes out 85 and a good a good length of films are still in the 80s, but they went on afterwards. Whereas Friday, it's like 
as soon yeah, as just, it left just the after. 80s. As soon as it left the 80s, Fire's like kind of dying out now. Yeah, there was only two of them after that. And <clears throat> actually, I mean, actually, it's really kind of similar because there was only Freddy's Dead, which is 1990, and then New Nightmare, which is yes. 94. And in, in for Friday the 13th, it was uh, Jason Goes to Hell in 93, and then 2000, whatever, 2002 or something for, for Jason X. They so they both had, had two po- Jason, they both had remakes. Yeah, they both were they both had two post post the eighties. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, I would I would argue definitely if we had not covered the Friday thirteenth movies, we would definitely be picking at least one of them for this. But I, I still think Halloween's you know, it's the grandfather of them all. You know, it, yeah, it I mean, made we, it possible. Yeah, we wouldn't have Friday the thirteenth without Halloween. Yeah, you could listen at least to not as we know it. Cunningham has said that a million times, like this Halloween movie made money. Let's, Let's rip, rip it off. off. Literally verbatim. Yes. Let's, rip it. Let's rip this movie off. So, you know, hey, it doesn't make, that doesn't negate the achievements of the Friday the 13th franchise at all. Yeah. Because I'll great. say it negates some achievements in the first movie. Well, there's a lot of things that negate some achievements in the yeah. first movie. But I think, I've been going back and thinking about the first film. And I like the ideas of a lot of things a lot more. It's just the execution is a little sloppy. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the first one. I'm like, that's a good idea, but I don't think that the 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 quality of craftsmanship was there yes. yet, especially in writing. But anyways, I, the the reason why this like this is this set up this teed up the idea of the slashers in the '80s, which was a huge, huge boom for horror. You know, the '80s is a very diverse decade for horror. We've talked about this a billion times. I would say, and you would probably say possibly the most diverse period for horror. I would probably say so. And slashers are just one part of that, but it's a rather large part of it. Absolutely. So I think that Halloween definitely teed up what we think of for the 80s, so it might as well just count it as that. And plus, it's the end of the month. Yes. It it really is because it is the end of Halloween. We wanted to put the film in there. You've wanted to cover it, so we want to talk about. I will say... I talk about it almost every fucking episode, so... There's not going to be a whole lot of new information coming out of this. It's more of us just going to be glorifyingly talking about the achievements Halloween's done, the things it's made, versus, like, the actual film. Which is... It it speaks lengths about this film because of all the things it's done, it's achieved, and it's made, without having to mention much about even the film itself. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, we're... It's still relevant today. You know, we just got got another Halloween sequel. It just came out in theaters. Yeah, and if these films keep bringing people to the box office we're going to get a revitalization of slashers and what I'm here and for what it. the remake era tried to do halloween might end up actually doing yeah i and i'm here for it man i'm Which, here for, well, for more slashers. ironically the remake era tried to do again with halloween but yeah and failed both times yeah we don't have fucking rob zombie do it yeah but i i definitely think I don't think we could have talked about at this juncture in the podcast, especially after Friday month. There's nothing else we could have talked about. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I feel like we were talking about just skipping the 80s because we've covered it so much. But we yeah. were going to talk about Halloween anyways. It's like, it really is the perfect way to delve into how this creates the 80s. So. Yeah, it's close enough to yeah. 78, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean like you said like there's there's really nothing to be said about this movie that hasn't already been said you're not going to come yeah. to this podcast to hear some new development or new perspective on the on the franchise or on this movie specifically it is a movie that has been talked about and analyzed 
and completely shredded apart and put back together for decades for over 40 years it's not going to change there's nothing new to find but I just love it it's funny I mean it's pretty divisive I'd say as far as a series goes for Halloween yeah because you know you kind of have to pick and choose stuff with the nightmare sequels being like this doesn't happen and this happens or whatever you just don't care and you consider certain things to work a lot of people almost discredit all of them except for the original and three which yeah pretty pretty much i I don't agree with but because you can't you can't really even consider new nightmare because it's completely separate people will usually for like friday consider just the paramount eight and just say everything after that different timeline or doesn't count or you know they even pick and choose some stuff in eight because things don't line up for the paramount eight sorry but with halloween (laughs) there's a there's a lot to go through you almost three timelines distinctly now yes because there's the halloween through and this is not counting remakes three of from the original film also not counting three yes it's, three it's isn't a, it can't be not, in continuity yeah it's not a myers movie so so yeah. halloween through through six yep there's um halloween one two h2o and resurrection and then there's halloween one halloween the, 2018, 2018 and halloween kills and kills and then ends, halloween ends yes. next year um if you want to count remakes, they have their own separate timeline. If you want to count three, it has its own separate timeline, technically. But there's mainly just three. The funniest thing about the movies for Halloween, if ends does not stick the landing, every single time the timeline ends, it's on a fucking shitty movie. Yeah. That's so disappointing. It's never yeah. ended well. Sorry, Cur- sorry, curse fans. Sorry, no. There's no resurrections fans. There's no resurrections. Yeah, there's fans. no it's, it's real. There are. I've talked to them, but I'm not acknowledging their existence. I don't believe him. He's lying on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, there are Rob Zombie fans. I know. I know several people who love the Rob Zombie movies. Good for them. Not for me. It has to be an aesthetic thing. Like, Maybe I, it's just I, like, they, they like a different perspective on the franchise. Yeah, I, but. That has to be the worst thing about these new films to me. That has to be the worst thing where people are like going back being like, you know, we had it good with the Rob Zombie films. I'm like, you had it fucking what now? You had it good? Like, I'm all for like taking things and deviating from the material. Like, it's a very different world. In Rob Zombie's Halloween... Michael Myers almost becomes a sadistic killer because everyone in his world fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, everyone is terrible, except for his mom. Yeah. And he just kind of unravels. It's a very different take, but nothing is fully capitalized on. Things are want, ideas. They don't stick. I, I wonder if I went back and I watched those movies. I mean, it's not like, it's not like these are movies we're talking about. and we, we may talk about them in the future anyways. But... I wonder if I went back to it and I watched it and I just completely cleared my mind and I didn't have John Carpenter's vision in my head if I would enjoy them more. Yeah. It's just really tough to divorce myself from this movie. See, I've tried multiple times to do that. Like, I've tried to just say, you know, this is a totally different universe and I still cannot have a good time with these films. 
Like, yeah. And, and I mean, also, I think also Rob to degree- Zombie has a, a great vision for a lot of the things he pictures. Like, he's he's smart. He knows what he wants to do. It's like, well, a lot of his stuff is just hillbilly shit. Because he finds it terrifying when you get dropped off in the wrong place, anything could happen. Yeah. It's not like his vision on horror is bad. It may become a little stagnant because you've seen it so often, but it's no different than people's views on Burton, people's views on Shyamalan for a while. When you get the same type of films after a while, you kind of just kind of meander on that director. It doesn't mean yeah. they're not bad. It doesn't mean they're bad, but they have like a lot of similarities between film to film. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he's a, a solid director. I used to really just not like most pretty much any of his movies. Uh, but once I got to like Devil's Rejects and special especially um lords of salem which i think is actually like legitimately fucking awesome i'm sitting there watching this and being like where was this like i i think i've i've reevaluated parts of the first remake i think it's fine overall it's fine the first 30 minutes are absolutely horrendous yeah you know that's kind of the problem for me yeah. Sorry, well, it's, a, it, it's, it, it's a two-hour movie. It's a little long, but it is shoving a lot of a lot of things into, into two hours, and that was because of the studio. The studio made him shove all of this into, into two hours, and they made him do more of a strict remake of the first movie for the, the back half, which is frustrating because that's simultaneously some of the like most okay stuff, as well as some of the most uninteresting stuff because it's just like Rob Zombie going through the motions with. John Carpenter's plotline is very, very stressful. It's very, very, very irritating. But I, I kind of wanted to go back to we're, we're off on a tangent on Halloween, the remakes. But I, it, it was pointed out to me the idea for these movies is you're not supposed to have fun with these. Yeah, they're supposed to be more showcasing violence, especially in a very sickening way. And yeah. he does. I, I mean, but these all come down to films reflecting the decade they're on, though. Yeah, Halloween reflects the decade of the '70s and '80s about how we're seeing films, how we see yeah. people. The same way Rob Zombie reflects the 2000s. I'm not saying like I, I'm not saying these themes, these elements are lost on me. Yeah, I, I think they have weight to them. But like when you're talking about the resonance between like society beating down one person till they snap, is a great idea. But when the actual dialogue is, do you think she'd suck my dick for a quarter? Like, yeah. Where's the resonance here, man? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Is yeah. it comedically funny? Yes. Is that scene supposed to be comedic? Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. It's just kind of sometimes zombie just the way he he chooses the right characters can be very grating. Yes. For no real reason, honestly. You know, with Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, I got it. It makes more sense in those movies, mm-hmm. but in a movie like Halloween, it, it feels really odd to me—an odd choice. But that's neither here nor there. So I, I, it's just you know we could call it a tangent or not, but when we're talking about Halloween, it all comes back together. Like this is a huge world that has films that span into different timelines, different decades. Each film's reflecting on the decade it's in. Four and five and six, <clears throat> sorry, just four and five really, really do reflect on how we see slashers in the eighties, just kind of encapsulating that atmosphere. As even stuff two, like, what, what was that? 
Even two. Yeah, two especially with it being two early eighties. Eight eighty one is a another killer. Another eighty one. Another eighty one slasher. Yeah. Literally a killer period. Yeah. So. But, you know, when I think of stuff like six and H two O, like that shit is so nineties. Yeah, I would say H two O more so than six. But I think it's just because Paul Rudd, like the way he looks in that so, movie, is six, so nice. Six has a six has a certain visual style that yes. is it feels kind of like early nineties. Yes. Even though it's ninety five, but H two O is very post screen. It's very post screen, and obviously it's it's uh they did a script polish with Kevin Williamson, and Kevin Williamson gave a treatment for the movie, and they all worked together on it, so it makes sense as to why. But it's just like I, I really love H two O, but it's it is definitely like hey. We're, we were not only not only have we seen Scream, but also we're being distributed by the same company to distribute Scream. It made a lot of money. Let's do that with Michael Myers. Yeah, and have five different masks throughout the entire movie. One that's CGI. Yeah, big gross. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of interesting to talk about the franchise as a whole, just because there are so many different perspectives on like what corner of this universe is good. Like I know a lot of people who love the Thorn series. All of it? I, I, yes, all of it. <laughs> and like I, hey, I will say, you know, I more used power to, get, to them. I used to get because we we would talk about these films before. We have just talking about Halloween between you and me. We we have talked about this series for over a decade. Oh, 100%. And like I remember when we would first talk about it, I would stick by love, loving 5. Cuz I would watch yeah. 5 a lot on television. I'd see the movie a lot and you're like that movie sucks, man. I'm like, dude, fuck you. I like the stuff in the barn. I like the final chase in the house. And, like, I did. And hey, after rewatching it so many times. Those are good. Growing up, I'm just like, there's a whole lot more movie than those scenes, though. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. And and it, it's, it's tough to defend that movie, but the stuff that's good in it is really good. There's a lot it, of cool atmosphere in, in those films, but when they're, it's they're boring or when it's bad, it can be bad. There's a whole lot more movie. Is there though? In that movie, is there's a there. whole lot more to watch? I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's a movie. Like I, I, I listen to, I listen to and read this book. It's called Taking Shape. I actually have it under my desk here, but um, it's about oh, the you making of the entire. Have the, the book. Yeah, I have the physical book. Oh, cool! I thought you just had like the audio book. I did, but I also have the book. I'm, I'm gonna pull Pop it out. out. Mega Chad. I have both. <laughs> nice. I have both books. Oh, there's two books. Yeah, the second one is about the. Is it like? Sequ- is it visual too? It has to be visual with how big it is. Yeah. Well, also there's just lots to talk about. There's a lot of interviews. Yeah. It's it just I'm, like with the honestly, way that not, book looks. Honestly, not not really that many photos. Not really. It's mostly. So it's just... it's mostly done as like an interview segments type of uh Yeah. It's it's a very much a coffee table book that just explores the franchise. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, but, but it's I, told I listen... mostly through interview, not like uh Um they do they do uh breakdowns as far as like the plot, they do yeah. they discuss like the making of the movie and then they get into interviews with actual people who are involved, including directors. An astonishing amount of them actually said, "Yeah, I'll talk to you too." That's I, was, cool. I was surprised. You know, the um, Dustin McNeil and Travis Mullins. Mm. Okay, I'll make sure. I, I am correct. I don't want to be an asshole. 
One of them, one of them follows me on Twitter. That's, well, that <laughs> so, would help. Yeah, uh, Travis Mullins does. Uh, Dustin McNeil doesn't have Twitter, but uh, yeah, they usually go through. They'll be like, "Okay, we're going to talk about Halloween Five now," and then they say, "This is what happens in the movie," and then they discuss the lots of turmoil to get to that movie, and uh, they have an interview with the director and all this stuff. By the way, the funniest interview in the entire book because the it's just. Five? Yeah, the amount of pontificating, man. Like, he's just like, I wanted it to be like this, like, metaphor. Like, he starts talking in metaphors. They don't make any fucking sense. And I'm just sitting there listening. I'm like, none of this is in the movie. <laughs> like, oh, God. Well, that's kind of like when they do that with, like, the, the um, Camp Crystal Lake documentary. I didn't read the... I want to read the book. Yeah. I wonder if there's more in the book or not. That I mean, that fucking documentary is long. It's like seven hours. Yeah. And I'm kind of has to be with so many films. I'm happy about it too. I fucking love that documentary. The Nightmare on Elm Street one too is really good. It's four hours. Yeah, but... never sleep again. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I I fucking love those books. I read both of them. I read uh, the first one twice now. Um, it's just so good. It's so informative. Like I learned so many things that I just did not know about the franchise. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean. I think the coolest thing learning about horror films is that like there's a lot more than just the movie that's happening and you could say with any film like you know there's a lot more to Wizard of Oz than just you know walking down the yellow brick road there's fucking 10 directors a lot of turmoil third degree burns people possibly dead on set like yeah there's a whole lot of shit behind that film but with horror films I've never heard one go by where there's not some weird chaotic shit happening on in the background because it's low budget and they have to work around so much shit people could get injured all the time yeah it's kind of cool like listening to like what happens in between these movies especially because mm-hmm. like Halloween comes out in 1978 Halloween 2 comes out in 1981 three year period three is after, right after that I believe because Dino De Laurentiis had a, a right to a third film that he optioned pretty much immediately and then between that and four the four is, I think, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. So it's like it, it's a pretty big jump in time where they're just sitting there the whole time. They're like, "What the fuck are we gonna do?" They were gonna try to do this anthology thing. It didn't work out. And they said, "I said, hey, I guess we're gonna bring Michael Myers back." I think um, it's funny. I mean, three is an outlier of the franchise, but it's important in its own right. I fucking love that movie. And well, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing if you disassociate it with the other parts of the franchise. I keep seeing people now after Kills has come out, everyone's sharing their letterbox rating of the franchise, and I've seen a lot of people, a staggering amount of people with Halloween 3 at the bottom. Really? Mm-hmm. But I'd have to assume they're just too associated with Halloween. They're just like, they don't like the movie. They're just stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, no, like I... no, really. Like, what is so bad about it? Like, I don't th- know. There's nothing, like, I think it can be bland in parts, it just drags on. The weirdest thing to me is Tom Atkins is looking fucking 55 and the girl's like 18. It's like, hey, maybe don't fuck your grandpa. But like, yeah. besides and you, that... And you, know, and you know he came with her just to fuck her too. Yeah, it's like, that's just... It's like, they, they very much demonstrate that he he and his wife are divorced for a reason. Yeah. And it's probably the reason. So... so I, I He's a womanizing asshole, but... I, I mean, that part... I just love Tom weird. Atkins. Yeah, he's a really <laughs> good actor. I love him so much. The fact that he hasn't been in one of these 
new Halloween movies yet. It makes me really sad. Oh, he's tonight. Dude, there the, the amount of Halloween three references that they've done in the past two are insane. Yeah, but having him in it, I mean, it's more he than just the mask character, too. obviously. He, he, no, he, he wouldn't be playing Chalice, but yeah. he he, show, he shows up in horror movies all the time. He's he's yeah. uh, he's he shows up in them constantly. Yeah, I just you I know just, if he shows up, they're just gonna kill him two seconds. I think he might be in the Rob Zombie movies. It's very possible with them having Daniel Harris. Yeah, I'm not positive. I think he might be in in those, but I, I don't know. I just feel like Tommy Atkins being in those movies is just like a, sh- just, it's perfect. Like mm-hmm. he he should be in every horror movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. About I love Tommy. Atkins. Not not as not as Chalice. Yeah, but I don't know. I love Ag- I love Atkins so much. Every time he's in something, I've always been happy. Isn't it so odd knowing he's in three and he plays a character in the fog where he gets together with Jamie Lee? Yeah, and he's like clean shaven and he looks like ten years younger. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, dude, they, they just look like someone's the, dad looks like their fucking uncle now. Their their facial hair the facial hair manages ages everybody up and they just probably threw a little bit of gray in his. Yeah, I love that movie. I love how coldly it ends. So oh, it's fucked up. It was fucked. It's crazy. You want to talk about how how many kills? Everyone's been talking lately about how many kills Michael has versus Jason. Connell Cochran's got them all beat, bro. Well, not if you count Jason X's starship. Yeah, true. If you count that, no one's ever gonna fucking top that. It'd be take, <laughs> that take shit's so hundred. Funny. It would take hundreds of years. Yeah. Or or Michael Myers. Did had you to hear kill that Michael Myers blew up people. Earth? Like <laughs> yeah, Michael Myers would have to literally destroy Earth. <laughs> In order to, to win in any timely fashion. And at this point, man, you never know. Yeah, God. I mean, there's so much to talk about with just this franchise. Yeah, I, I just love... I can talk about this franchise alone for days. It's not even... It, like, Halloween's, again, not my favorite horror film. It's I think it's your favorite franchise, though, isn't it? I would say it's probably... I probably would say it's... Because, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street's my favorite mo- horror film. But the franchise itself is not my favorite, yeah. for sure. And Friday the 13th, I like a surprising amount of them more now than I did before. But I still think I, I would probably say I've watched the Halloween franchise the most out of any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of fond memories with this series. I've only gone through full watches of the series. Full watches means watching Resurrection, so probably only once. It, I mean, technically, full watches of the entire franchise would include the Rob Zombie movies, too. Well, it'd be one. I've only... I think I've seen Halloween 2 twice. Last I've seen year, the I first one the, multiple times. Last year, I went all the way up to 6, and I stopped, because it was after October, and I was like, eh, I don't feel like it right now. Yeah. I, see, that's the thing. Like, When you watch a film and you have such a bad taste in your mouth, you're like, it's going to take a lot to bite this bullet. Like, if I want to watch this again. Sometimes it pays off. I think watching Friday Part 5, I've seen it over fucking, like, seven times now. But, you know, when I watch them, like, that was really bad. I'm not going to do this again. It maybe takes a few years, but this last watch, I was like, I could probably watch that whenever. I don't care anymore. It's honestly surprising how much fun I have with that. Part 8, even, I was like, this is not bad, it's just boring sometimes. Which can yeah. be worse than bad, but like, I don't know. I've gone through some bad films lately, so when you see oh, bad yeah. shit, you're like, wow, this is bad. 
this looks way better. Like I'm so I'm so happy that so far in my Halloween watch my my um, spooky season watch through, uh, I haven't hit a bad one yet. Oh, I have. I I don't mind watching. The- but you, you've watched more this time around than I have. Yeah, well, like I uh, you always do. <laughs> I wanted to watch shit that encapsulates time periods. Like yeah. I didn't watch the Mutilator because I thought it was going to be a good movie, but like. The movie's it's called, so, it's called the fucking mutilator. But like, it's so eighties. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. You, you cannot ever get another eighties slasher film. So if I haven't seen one before and it's new, that's a new experience that I can have. That's why I watched it. Is it a good experience? That's why I watched the Edge of it of the Axe too. It's because it's another eighties slasher. Edge film Edge of I the Axe seen. is way better. Oh, it's better than Mutilator. I don't think way it's that good, better. but it's way better than Mutilator. Mutilator is pretty bad. Edge of the Axe, the idea is pretty good. Yeah, there's some of some of the kills are cool and some of the cinematography is pretty cool. I, I just so. think like that movie's premise is way above when it came out. Yeah. It's way above the movie because the movie's not as good as the Yeah, the movie is. the movie does not reach what, what for what it grasps for. No, but that's like when I saw that and I was like, you know, I'm not saying this was a really good movie, but that idea was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty okay. I I, I like it. it there's it's a lot fine. Of- it's more technically proficient than some of the ones that came out in the 80s for sure too yeah but yeah you know like I'm sorry like you've hit you've hit some rough ones I, I've just been pretty decent at hitting them to be fair you know to be fair I've yeah, I, yeah I, I've hit you know my first movie of the month was The Guest which I adore um, um so I mean my first film of the month to fit in with the podcast was Halloween yeah, so I, I watched, I watched that at the beginning of the month. I watched, I watched that immediately again. following it. Watching two again remind, reminded me why I liked a lot of stuff from it, but I also forgot a lot as well. I saw Halloween two twice this month because I watched it on my own and then watched it with you. And I like it a lot less than I did in the past. That's, that's one of, one of the kind of interesting things to talk about is that Halloween two used to be my favorite Halloween film. Yeah. So it would take you know, place in my ranking. There was the time periods where it was my favorite too, just because I liked the idea of it more. Yeah. Like I just thought it. There's a time when, when you're younger, you're like, I don't know, the sequel kind of does cooler shit, so I think it's better. Well, yeah. I mean, they, you think about it, like the first movie, and you know, so bring it back around to us actually talking about the movie that we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. But ha- Halloween One is a very minimalistic slasher film. There's very little bloodshed. In Most the best the, way possible to be, yes, nothing happens nearly. It, it's <laughs> all it's all about suspense. Yes, a hundred percent. Every scene is finely tuned to really get you to be on the edge of your seat because that's just Carpenter being a fucking awesome director. But there's the the amount of blood in the movie is so minimal. Like even like the opening scene has a bit you can barely see the blood in the first in the more opening. Blood in the opening scene than anything. Yeah, and it's it's barely be able to be seen because of the way that the fil- the movie is filmed. Stabbed right in her fucking tail. Yeah, come back to Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills. But uh, yeah, like like that's probably the most blood on screen blood that and the dead body of the mechanic on the side of the road, and it's really not much for him either. So yeah. there's really little blood in this movie. Versus, you know, as teenagers, you watch Halloween two. And it's got you know gore and you know if somebody fire. Gets a fucking, it's got fire. Uh, it's got explosions. Yeah. yeah but like he, a guy gets a claw hammer through his head and you see it. It's you actually Annie's real... corpse for the first time. Yep, you see it with blood across because he sli- he slits her throat. Yeah. I did not honestly. I didn't know that when I saw it the first time. I couldn't tell. But 
he sliced his slits her throat so you see her bloody throat this time around but most of the movie is bloodless and that's awesome but as teenagers you want to see the blood and guts so you pick the bloodier movie it's also more plot heavy too yeah and I think that as teenagers you think lore trumps quality of storytelling yeah or just when you feel like people are talking to you or interacting with you more you feel like this has to be better right yeah like you feel like more more, going on so that means it's a better movie yeah, you feel like you're more like involved in in figuring out the plot more that's so why, than just like that's why being I always shown felt a film. like I liked Back to the Future two more than the first one when I was younger, but nowadays I'm yeah. like that doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, and um, I think that's probably why two was my favorite for a long time. Also, the ambiance and all stuff I was like, oh my god, score is like, really good. I used to love Dick Warlock's The Shape. I don't anymore. Um, yeah, it, it's weird going back to the original. And being like, no, this is literally perfect. Like, you can't, you cannot improve. This is a franchise that I think that you, I, I would be absolutely stunned if we ever see something that is even close to as good as John Carpenter's movie again. And I love Halloween 2018. Yeah, it's a very different type of film. Yeah, I adore it, but it's, it, nothing is ever going to touch this. Landing in a bottle. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, Arguably, this shouldn't have been a franchise. Arguably. I think I would agree. I think it always had place for one sequel. That was it. Yeah, I think I think Halloween 2 ends fine. Yeah. I I like the fact that they're no longer brother and sister. I think that's an improvement. It, it's so inconsequential. I don't like it, but it doesn't... Like, if you look at it just in 2, like... I don't know, he's dead. I wouldn't care. Like, you know. Yeah, but the problem is, is that that doesn't happen that way. No, he, he keeps going. Yeah, so that's the problem, is it creates a situation where there is a franchise. Two, I mean, the blood connection created the entire franchise. And like, hey. That stupid idea made Halloween what it was. Hey, I love Halloween 4. I'm yeah. glad it exists, don't get me wrong. But I am happy that there's now a timeline again where they're not related I can just enjoy it as like this man is fucking nuts and just going through a town killing people. So that's actually one of the scenes I like a lot about in five too is when he calls her uncle, when she calls him uncle. Sorry. Yeah. I yeah I, like I do it. I do until the mask comes off. I don't mind it. Well, my it's thing about is about giving him a very sliver of humanity. No, I get it. It's just the, my my problem is is like I get chasing chasing continuity and chasing realism in these movies is because he has eyeballs <laughs> he has he has two eyeballs and also his face and body is not absolutely fried maybe he had a lot of surgery between the years yeah, okay okay it's been yeah, like okay. 10 years man yeah okay it's like uh they, they, they just surgically implanted new eyeballs into his head just, yeah okay he just cut his head off and glued someone else's head on. Apparently. Because he's got nice long, luscious locks, locks and no facial hair. Interesting. It's one of the only things that they do in the Rob Zombie movies that kind of makes sense to me. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's walking around, he escapes, and he's homeless. He, he would have a beard. I fucking hate homeless Michael Myers, though. Yeah, I know, but at least it makes sense. Fucking hermit Michael Myers looks so stupid. He never learned how to shave or anything, so like it, it makes sense. I don't like it, but it makes sense at least. I've always liked the idea of a very clean shaven psychotic killer, though. Yeah, I mean, you just think about it though. Like when he was in the the Sand Asylum, they would probably shave him. 
so it makes sense but yeah. in his universe you know he's he's not in the asylum for years he's too busy having people fucked in front of him true I definitely won't defend that I don't think you can defend that nope oh it's about the depravity of society okay please go on you want another scene of this then couldn't do it somewhere else literally yeah you couldn't have it be attempted either like you had yeah, to do it yeah it could have been successful yeah, yeah could have been yeah but uh Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> the good movie. The good movie. Yeah, so, I mean, I've... If oh, you had to going. pick for this series, you had to make your, like, perfect timeline, what films would be in it, what would be out. Oh, fuck. In order to make... It'd be tough to have my favorite movies in one timeline. It wouldn't make sense. No, you can't. It's It's impossible. I mean, uh, currently my favorite timeline would have to be Halloween, through Halloween Kills. Yeah, see, that's what the, pr- the problem. The problem right with now. the problem no, with going not, but... the problem with going with the Thorn series is that I love Six. Halloween Four. I love Hall- I love Daniel Harris. Yeah, I do too. I love Donald Pleasance. The story's terrible. After four. Like the actual Thorn stuff is horrendous, and it's not just because like whatever you know you want you want to have a timeline where he's being controlled by a, by a cult whatever. The storytelling is so messy, yes, and haphazard because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They had no idea what they were doing, and they even said to themselves like, "Oh, who's the man in black that breaks Michael out of his fucking prison in five? Oh, we don't know. The guy, the, ne- the people who do the next sequel, they'll tell you. It's like that's that's a really bad way to write a movie." That's a really bad way to have a franchise because there's no through line and someone has to clean up your mess in the next so, movie and then they create their own mess. It's so fucking funny though because you got to picture someone being like, hey, you just broke that. I'm off shift. Exactly, you honestly. <laughs> and, and it's like, uh, they, they kind of like, I guess in the book they kind of talked about how like, oh, well, Halloween 4 ends with a twist. Where, where, um, you know, Jamie stabs her, her foster mom. We got to replicate that. You know, we got to have another twist. It's like Shyamalan. It's like we got to have a te- have a twist every movie. And it's like okay. I think the uh, twist works well for its film. I don't think the twist in five works at all. Oh, in five? Yeah, the twist in four works. I, li- yes. I like the twist in four. It's it's genuinely shocking. But the twist in five. They're trying to replicate that whole like shocking ending, and it's awful. I don't even remember. It's been so long. It's just, it's just that Michael gets arrested after the end of five. Uh, after he gets his oh, ass the breakout, the breakout. Yeah, 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 that's the twist. Is that the the man in black that you see one other time in the entire movie who kicks a fucking dog, just so you know he's evil. Um, he just comes up with a fucking machine gun and kills all the cops in the station, and we're we're also to believe that fucking Sheriff Meeker dies, which makes me really upset because he's really good, and I love Sheriff Meeker, but uh, you know, he, he just guns down the entire police station, and then Jamie's just like, no, he's out. And it's just like, yeah. It's so stupid. Like, this, there's no build to this. There's no, like, the man in black just shows up once, and then we forget about him for the rest of the movie. It's just like, it's one of those things where, like, you know they didn't have a finished script already in this. This is why the, the, the Thorn trilogy doesn't work for me because having that movie in the middle setting up this conclusion with 
part six, and then six completely fumbling the the, the at the finish line. Because it, it's not all the the creatives' fault. It's not you know Daniel Franz's fault necessarily. It's not necessarily Joe Chappelle's fault because the amount the studio meddling and the development hell that that movie went through is ridiculous. Slashing pages out of the script, ripping money out of the budget, and giving it to other films. You know, that movie went through hell. And the fact that it came out as somewhat enjoyable as it does with the producer's cut is surprising. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I can't pick that movie because of how horribly it ends. <laughs> and how Both incoherent it very gets. Bad. Yeah, it's like, as incoherent as it gets, it's just like, I can't pick that movie. And it's like, we can't really say for sure the new timeline is good. It's not over Because yet. it's not over yet. You know, I with the I'm gonna get some some ire, but um, you know, I thought that the sequel trilogy for Star Wars was gonna be great. Well, I think most people thought that though. No, from the get go with Force Awakens. There's a lot of people who really didn't like Force Awakens because it's so much like New Hope. Well, um, I don't like how similar it is, but yeah, well, there's a, a lot of people movie. who there's a lot of people who are just like that's what matters the most is that it's it's just like it's a copy or whatever. It's still a competent film. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty fun, but uh, and then Last Jedi, the polarizing to say the least. People are still pissing and moaning about it today, uh, but I was like, well, they can wrap it around in this last movie, and they absolutely ruined it. They ru- they actually retroactively ruined their entire trilogy with the final movie, so it's possible that Halloween Ends could absolutely ruin it. Yeah, so I, I I'm think... not gonna get my hopes up. I'm not gonna be like. You know, I'm not going to sit well, here and say they're good. They're going to do if it. If Halloween ends it, so. terribly, it just means it's part of the Halloween franchise. Pretty much. That just if, means, if it hey, does, you really are part of the franchise. If it doesn't end horribly, that is like transcendent. <laughs> First time. <laughs> yeah, because if 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 the original if the the second timeline ended with H2O, that would be easily the best. One, two, in H2O would have been perfect. It would have been it would have been so good. It would have been such a strong conclusion. But they had to make that last fucking movie. It, and it ruins the entire world. I'd like to say to myself that that movie doesn't exist, but it does. You know, I I will headcanon it out every chance I get. I'll just say, well, there's no resurrection. It ends with H2O, but it doesn't. So. This would be the first timeline. Uh, yep. If he does, if he does die in the end of Halloween Ends. And that'd be the first timeline where Michael is dead in the end, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, Blumhouse has said that they, they do want to do more Myers films. I think it depends on how much money this last one will make. I also think that they're if they do do more Michael Myers movies, they're going to take time in between, and they're probably going to attack from a different direction, I'd hope. Maybe. But I hope they stick the landing. I mean, I'm kind of... I'm not in the minority, but... I, it is kind of very divisive right now with Halloween Kills, and I enjoyed Halloween Kills, so... I think Halloween Kills is just polarizing because there's so many new fans of the franchise. Yeah, probably part of it, for sure. I mean, you like it. I like it. I don't love Halloween Kills. I think it's a fun movie. I think it is what it is, but people really don't like the decisions made in it, which I don't get. But it is what it is. I don't think it's anything special at the end of the day. But I, I couldn't understand the complaints being thrown at the film. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the first one's like, 
The first one is such a simple film, right? The original? There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's not a lot to it. It's a great movie, but... You know, you get an introduction to a character. This character becomes... Almost this omnipresence as he's talked about through metaphors, through other side characters and supporting cast. And as the film's going on, he's starting to interact more with the main characters. He's watching them, hunting them. One by one, people die off in the end. Him and Laurie. Every time you knock him down, he gets back up. That's the end. Boom. Loomis. Fucking put some plugs into him. Ba 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 ba. Falls over the edge. He's gone. Very simple movie. Very effective. Very strong film. There's not a lot going on besides... What is this person? What is Michael Myers? Who is Michael Myers really? What does he want? Where did he go? That's it. This movie asks way more questions than it answers, but it's not making it... It's not asking you, like, you didn't watch the film, or like, oh, it's kind of fucked up that this didn't happen. No, it's just keeping you wanting more, as a good film does. You can come up with your own ideas because you watch the film, you want to interact with it, come up with your own thoughts and say, hey... It'd be cool if it was this. I like the idea of this. You have your own little head cannons or whatever. Yeah. Which is why it's a good movie. Second one tries to answer some of those questions. People love that movie. Small minority, I would say, don't like it. Whatever. This is good in it. Every film since then has tried to follow up on what is Michael Myers? Who is Michael Myers? Why is he so unstoppable? That question has always led to so much problems in this universe. I think the more and more you try to answer that question, the more and more you dig yourself into a hole you can't get out of. Because you don't really want the answer. You think you do, and that's the thing. Like, There's nothing that's a suitable answer that'll make you happy. There really isn't. Yeah. I think right now, they, they're at a sweet spot right now where they have pretty much the perfect answer at this point. I would... As perfect as we're gonna get. Because if you keep... I think as perfect as you can if you're trying to actually explain something. I think Halloween Kills is too on the nose with the dialogue, and it makes me feel like I don't want to ask the question because I don't care. He is more than human. But if you keep telling me he's more than human, you know, he's he's built on rage, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but that's a metaphor. What the fuck are you talking about? God damn it, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. The more they're telling me, the more I'm like, now I'm going to ask questions. Now I'm going to want to know because yeah. you're making it seem like you know more, which I don't think they're going to answer, which would be fine, but if you're not going to answer it, stop bringing it up like you are answering it. Yeah. Bottom line, though, the whole the whole beauty of the original is that just like his mask, there is no information or it's a completely blank character. You project, you project your own idea of fear onto the character of Michael Myers. Yes. And through the entire movie from beginning to end especially after after Lori visits the Myers house with the key from her her father he's a he's a continuous force continuing and following her around and you know even during that scene where, where they're talking about fate in the classroom he's right outside the classroom and he's just this omnipresent just manifestation of fate you know the whole boogeyman thing is on the nose, but he really is just the boogeyman. And I think that that's plenty of of explanation. I think that if you go, you're going to go too far and you're going to end up in a situation where you cannot really tie together your explanation. Well, 
Yeah. And that's kind of what they got into with the Thorn series is that they just could not stick that landing. They tried to explain too much. And by doing so, they left with more questions than answers. And they ended up with a complete mess of a series that they actually took a break from because of this. I mean, the Thorn series just also continues a lot of what two sets up where it's like, why is he hunting Lori? She's his sister. Okay. You know, even that idea in that film doesn't really work. It just happens. Yeah, the, to it. The, the reveal of it's terrible. Yes. Also, it retroactively makes the first movie. It makes it makes Laurie's parents. As like, I say, hor- like it makes Laurie's parents things. fucking terrible. Like, hey, we're not going to tell you that you're related to Michael Myers, but I am going to send you to the Michael My- the, the Myers house with a with a key. Also, at the same time, she just goes, "I'm not even real mom." I was like, "You're not yeah. even a fucking good mom." I know that much. Like, yeah, they just retroactively say that to their child. Yeah, they retroactively just... I don't understand. It's the way that it's delivered. It's just, like, it's so... Mean-spirited. Not only just mean-spirited, but, like, it's just kind of thrown in there. Like, it's just like, oh, she has repressed memories. She has to... Re- she's remembering them as, as she's in the hospital. But, like, when she wakes up from... Or, or she, she comes out of the realization, she's just, like... She doesn't fucking say anything. There's no reaction. She's just blank. Yeah. It's just, like... That's a pretty fucking major <laughs> development for you. But whatever. She's, also, like, with Nurse, nurse Marion... She's like... Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if she was, if she had any form of emotion on her face after that, I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But there's no emotion. It's just, it feels like they're like, ah, we gotta put a scene in here where we explain this. So... And, was, and then, like, Nurse Marion coming up to, to Loomis and saying to him, you know, like... Yeah, there was a there was a file. It was sealed and it was reopened after he escaped. It's just like, oh, that's convenient. Where was that before? Okay. I think my favorite thing about uh, dumb eighties horror films like Halloween Two is just the overtly horny nurses. Yeah, they all want to. Why fight. are all these nurses just trying to fuck on the down low? Not even just like in slasher movies too, like. Fucking oh. American Werewolf in London, man. Yeah, American Werewolf like, in London. She takes her she takes her patient home and fucks him. Friday like, Part Four. Halloween yeah, there's a lot. Two. Of, it's like, what is with you guys? Yeah, how, like, yeah, yeah. Friday. People four are also, literally dying in there. <laughs> yeah, Friday Four. She must have been really, really like she she really needed to do something with somebody because she was willing to do it with that fucking disgusting ass uh, mortuary guy. Jesus Christ! Holy Christmas shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I love uh, one of my favorite things about this movie because you know we've we talked about the franchise in general, but specifically about Halloween is the ending. Yeah, because not just the whole like you know oh he gets shot six times he falls off the balcony oh he's gone, but at the very end of the film, you're shown images of these places that we've been where people have died, you know all these familiar locations. And over those shots, the you know the, the fantastic, and we have to talk about the score, but the fantastic Halloween theme plays over it, and you hear this breathing getting in more and more intense, and it's Michael Myers breathing because he's everywhere. Again, omnipresent is a great word for it. He's absolutely everywhere all at once, and it's horrifying. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts about the movie. It's like it's kind of where where I sit there. I'm like, that is the perfect ending to this movie. Yes, 
Does it give you an opportunity to make a sequel? Yes. Did you have to? No. Yeah. You shouldn't have, honestly. As much as I like some of the newer movies and some of the sequels, like if this was just a one and done, I'd be fine with that. Like Black Christmas. Yeah. It's the one and done. I've been fine. Black Christmas to me is the perfect. You can't capitalize on that ever. Uh, Bob Clark wanted to. He had an idea for a Black Christmas too. He's always had one. You know what it was called? What? Halloween. Really? Yeah. Get fucked, loser. <laughs> so, yeah, you. I, I don't see how you make another Black Christmas movie that's in continuity. You could definitely stop fucking remaking it now. Now, please, Hollywood. There, there's no way. It, it's just like that film. We'll get into it when we cover the film, obviously. But yeah. like the way that film ends, it's like there's no way to do a sequel to that film without it coming out directly after it. It would have to be within the next two minutes. <laughs> That's the thing. Like you'd have to. Follow and, and it suit. couldn't even be because she's fucking dosed. So she's not. Yeah. She's not getting up. You'd have but. to follow him running away, going to a different location with different characters or something. Don't fucking do that. Yeah. I don't want to see Billy ever. Well, not actually see him, but like him scurrying or something, just like a shape. Yeah. The shape. Yeah. Yeah. The originator. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, yeah, we, we definitely... We can't not talk about the score. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's the only reason the movie got made, really. Oh, it's like the whole thing was like they, they he turned in a cut without the score, and Erwin Yablons was like, "This is not scary, like we can't we can't release this. This is bad." And he went off and he he made the score, and it completely changes the film. I could not imagine watching this movie without the score, especially because like certain things are very much like tuned by that score. You know the 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 zingers. When when uh, people, you know, when when he jumps out of the closet and kills Bob, you know, I couldn't imagine that scene without the the score. Well, it helps when your director is also the composer. Yeah, because like he can do whatever he wants. He knows the timing. He knows what he has in his mind. He knows how the scene went. With the with the composition coming after, it's like an animate. It's a, it's like a voice actor voicing the scenes after seeing the animations. Like you have everything yeah. laid out for you, and you're like. I'm going to build around what I already have. It's perfect. Yeah. And, and Carpenter's just, it, a great composer. He still does it to this day. Yeah, I've never heard a Carpenter score I haven't loved. Honestly. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. And Very simple composition, which works. Yeah, yeah. the score for, for Halloween, it, again, like the movie itself, it, the beauty is in simplicity. It's not a very, very, it's not a very complicated score. Yeah. In comparison to some other contemporaries. You know, compare this to something like like Harry Manfredini's score for the Friday the 13th franchise. Those are like super duper. They sound very complex. They're very produced. Yeah, whereas this one is very like specific and tuned for each scene. That's that's the real reason, if you ask me, besides just the characters, the ideas, and the premise. Like, Freddy, Jason, and Michael, you know, they have their own looks their own characteristics and they have their own themes like a character with their own theme to them makes that character so much more powerful and unique if you if you made an original ip and your song fucking sucks man good luck marketing that guy because he or girl like that's just that's tough yeah that's not gonna sell well but all these scores 
scores in the 80s, you could really pop off with some of these films. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have great scores nowadays, don't get me wrong. Oh, I yeah, think it's a little too much bum in films. Yeah. But ever, ever you since have a good score, it. you have a good score. Ever since Inception, it's just the amount of in, in movies is kind of insane. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When Zimmer does a track for films, I'm like... This could be good or this could be terrible because sometimes he just he does miss hard. One of it, one of his best recently was actually No Time to Die. Oh, he scored No Time to Die. Yeah, it's really very weird. Good. Very cool score. Hmm. Great. I like his theme for Wonder Woman actually. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like that theme a lot. Yeah, I agree. Batman's is a little forgettable to me. Bomb, 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 bomb. Apparently not to you. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's a, one of the first songs in the movie. You have to have, an, if you're making a long-running existing character, you want to remember. You need a score that they can recognize, and that is why that remake era—they're fucking stupid. All of those scores never utilized. Yeah. Ever. There's except no, for except no for Friday. except for Halloween. Yeah, but they still don't play the theme in the right times. You can't. You can't. You can't not have the Halloween theme in. At least, well, it, actually, you can apparently because the Halloween two, Rob Zombie's Halloween two, doesn't have it until the final, uh, final it's the ending. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in the original remake for Halloween, I think it's like right when he's running in the woods after he beat the dude to death or whatever. Uh, the first time I remember it was. Uh... He's a kid when it plays the first time. Yeah, I just don't think it was then. I, I can't remember where it was. But I know he doesn't play. I was thinking to myself, like, oh, it's some, probably something to do with after he kills Judith. But when, but when he plays Judith, they play that dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, dun. And the shape stalks. I think is the name of the track is. But yeah, I don't remember where it was. I just remember he they played it when he takes his mask out of the floorboards when he get, when he escapes when he gets back to the Myers house. I thought that was a pretty good place for it. But yeah, I mean. It is really weird. Like even um, like the the Nightmare remake didn't use it. They did their own score. And honestly, of the three of them, it's the best one. You should have your own score. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I but think they even have iconography to characters sometimes. Like with Batman, you need a new score. Like you need a new Batman theme. Yeah, you, you can't, can't you play can't Danny Elfman's. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, just yes, Joss Whedon. Yeah, literally. But you can't just you can't just have these characters that existed solely in the age with these themes built around them and not utilize them, at least in some effect. I don't yeah. need the full Friday the thirteenth theme when Jason's around, but you should have it at least one time in a build up scene or something with him. Yeah, it's weird to not have the Yeah, just something. And and you know, like the whole the, the whole the stingers, like beautiful Harry Manfredini score is fucking dope. It is. It really is. Like you need to have elements. Take some things. Sample a bit. And the new Halloween does that perfectly with it being the opening to the films. Yeah, nicely. I mean, nicely. It, it does. It does work out that you know John Carpenter came out to do the new ones yes. with his son and his godson. So just do those. Cool. Like just do that. It's not a big deal. It's like we don't it, need it in the pl- film a million times. Plenty of the original like music is in the film but they definitely the nice thing about the new Halloween movies is they they have the best of both worlds they bring back older themes including obviously the the main theme they can't really 
not have that. Yeah. But also, they create plenty of new tracks. Yeah. And they're all awesome. That's the like, point of having an existing IP and bringing it back, though. Like, you have to reference things from the past because why else would you have this property if not to utilize the property? Yeah. But at the same time, like, you have to make new things of the property so you can keep it going. If you wanted to make another Halloween after Halloween ends, it's kind of hard to do that with characters that aren't introduced, right? Yeah. Then you'd be fucked. So you have to make new characters. You have to have new themes, new new things to get attracted to, new things that'll keep you coming towards this film. Keep you seated down saying, all right, next film, go. If you don't have that, you can't have a sequel. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. I don't know what they're playing. I'm sure they don't even have a plan for that yet. They're just trying to get these ones done. That's uh, kind of why I was... I think it's a good idea. I think it's better. That's why I always to... love the first one, though. Like, it, it is so good at just saying, like, we have so much set up for things if we wanted to, but as a standalone film, you can just love it the way it is. My favorite part about the movie is actually... My favorite part of about 2018, and it relates back to the original, is actually one of the things that most people hate about it, and that's Sartain. Oh, I, I fucking don't like him. Yeah, I, I mean, I just love. I, the, I think he fucking hurts the film personally. I don't. I think that. I think the nice thing about his character is, I think it really it, it contextualizes the consciousness that these people have of why this franchise has had such a shit show as far as its, you know, uh, lore. I guess you can call it. You know, everything's about hey, why does Michael do these things that he does? Why, why won't he speak? Why won't he, you know, is he going to go after Lori? You know, Lori should come see him or whatever. There's all this stuff. And, you know, they make jokes about how, you know, oh, somebody made up the fact that they were related or whatever. You know, like, it's all about how we just keep, people just keep asking him, why is he doing the things he's doing? And the whole point, honestly, the whole point of Sartain is to die. Sartain's because almost a metatextual of, character. He is a meta character. Yes. I don't think he gets Why grading. do you think I dislike him? I know. <laughs> he he I think he's meta, but I don't think he's overtly meta. Because no. his character as a doctor, it makes sense for him to ask the questions he's asking. You know, within his character it makes sense. So it doesn't bother me. So but when he dies after asking Michael to speak or whatever, you know, he's he's trying to get Michael to, to Lori's house to, you know, finally reunite them. When he gets his head stomped like a fucking grape, the whole point is is none of that mattered. But yeah. well, I guess I'm here, so I guess I'll kill her. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't he doesn't recognize Lori until he is fighting her in the fucking room. He grabs her by the throat and then says, Oh, wait, you. He doesn't fucking know who she is. She, he doesn't know who Allison is. I think that's the beauty of the movie. I think that's that's why I like the inclusion of Sartain is because all it is is a big middle finger to the idea that we need explanations. It's just so over in, in, the, in your face to me. Like, you could do that without having him in there as a character to me, personally. Yeah, it just doesn't bother me because as a character, it makes sense for him to ask the questions he asks. Yeah, it just bothers me it because doesn't he doesn't like need it, to exist. It just doesn't feel like a, a, a situation where they're shoving meta things in our face yeah they're not like... shoving exposition either or something yeah just to be there so it doesn't bother me and i like the fact that it does really feel like hey guys stop asking these questions we don't need to answer them it's better if we don't it is better if they don't so yeah. we have gone on for a long time about the franchise 
Is there any yeah. final notes you want to do to talk about the actual original film? I mean, I feel like we'd be remiss to, to not to, to to not say something about the fact that like you just like really can't stand the fact that they say totally so much. <laughs> I hate the book shit more than totally. I, mean, I like totally it. as an ironic thing, like totally. Yeah. I just think it's really funny that it's just like it's like there's so many times that they say totally in that movie. Yeah, man. it's like just in those scenes with the teenagers, at least twenty times. I don't totally. care my bit. I don't care about my books. I always forget my books. I forget my that, that scene books. pisses me off. Forget, that scene in the, the we get need some books anyways. Those two scenes are the ones where it's like a, <laughs> yeah, but that shit makes me laugh. Hey Tommy, it's Halloween. You know what that means? Yeah, we get candy. It means the boogeyman's gonna get you. Boogeyman, boogeyman, boogeyman. Push him on his fucking pumpkin. Po- you fuck that kid. Ah, <laughs> my pumpkin. Yeah, but good girl Lori gets him another pumpkin. It's okay. Yeah, very, very good for him. Yeah, good babysitter. Fuck Ben Tramer, dumbass dies in a fucking car explosion. Not in this timeline. Is Remember, he, I saw some. I saw some existent like, in this timeline in the new one. Yep. Does he yeah, show cause, up? Cause, uh, fucking what's his name says you know I I knew you were you were into Ben Tramer. You're sweet on Ben Tramer. He says that. Yeah. We haven't and, seen Ben Tramer. No, he but he he didn't die. You know he didn't die. Ben Tramer is the, in... the the actual mastermind behind Michael. He's actually just Michael. Yeah. The whole time. Which makes Halloween two even more meta. <laughs> yes, way to ruin that movie more. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like stuff you get you know you could talk about. It. We we started this this episode off saying like, what can we say that hasn't been said? But like, you can't not talk about the panic glide. You know the pop shots. And the steady—it's not steady cam; it's it's the panic light specifically. But uh, you know, those shots are just like that—that that wasn't something that people did very often, especially on the budget that they were on. That wasn't something that they did very often. And it is—it's not a, a, a one take. It's got like I think I was listening to the commentary. I think there's there's three cuts in it. One of them very obvious when they put the mask on. Very obviously, that's a cut. But um, it's still impressive, undeniably. How do you feel about the shot in the original, like uh, when he kills his sister with the, the eye holes from the mask? The only thing I find uh, to me is is kind of odd to it, and I think I know why they did it. Is it the hand? Yeah, it's it's him looking up at his hand. Yeah, as he's stabbing. But the motion is also very just. It's probably just to, it's probably just to hide the violence. Yeah. Because maybe the MPAA were being assholes. I don't know, but it, to me that's the only thing. Or, or it's to show that 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 he's stabbing. But that's the only thing about that scene that looks that feels weird to me. But I do like the fact that like he he goes straight downstairs, goes out the front door, and the transition from them they grab the mask and then it cuts to third person. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, love I also a lot like of how the camera it, work in this film. I also I also really like how the scene ends in kind of like a a, uh, a man made freeze frame. What would you say is your favorite shot in the film? When he comes out, when he comes, fades in from the darkness. Yeah. At the, towards the end, I, I feel like that's probably not a unusual choice. Mine is when he sits up. That's another great one because it's he's out it, in the it, backward, it, out of focus. It it isn't like a. 
least it's it's a very easy shot, but when that film came out, it was very unheard of. I think someone I think someone released a video like they they did like a recording at a screening of really? that where they like recorded the the screening itself when that moment happens and everyone just screams. It's so fucking good. Nick Castle, man. So talented. Sweet guy. We met him. Very, very nice. Yeah, he's a director too. Very he directed talented. The la- he directed the last Starfighter. Really? I believe. I feel like someone's gonna be like, "Hey, you're a fucking idiot, dude." It's actually this movie. Yeah, you're a dumbass. But whatever. You know, fuck you. Suck my dick. Um, there, there's so much specialty to becoming from a film like this, and there's so much you could go on about. We could talk for lengths of periods about just this film, but. I could spend hours talking about the entire franchise and I'd yeah. be content with that. Like, I, I feel like there's so much we can do it and talk about, but really discussing what the franchise means and why it is so special, why there's so much conjecture on what's this and that. I mean, you'd even say what your perfect timeline would be because you're just like, what the fuck even could I do? At the end of the day, it's like there's nothing perfect about it. It's some fucking mashup mess. The, the one I currently pick is not finished. Yeah. The one behind that would be the one that has a terrible movie that ruins the ending of the, of yeah. the previous one so it'd be one two and h2o and nothing happens after that my my favorite timeline is halloween yeah literally that's it the original movie by itself <laughs> that's all i can really do that's all yeah. i can really say it's just they always end so terribly and i and i'm i'm worried that we're just gonna get that again so i i it would not be Wrong for a Halloween film to end badly, like I've said multiple times. Would it be nice to have a good film? It would be nice, almost unheard of, but we'll see. <laughs> doubt. Yeah, hard doubt. I so hope. This, I hope so. I hope not. This film's gonna round out and finish up our talk about Halloween. The I'm kind of glad it was more of like a, a discussion of the franchise and what it means. Because yeah. it, it, like, yeah, we started. Like, what, what the fuck are we gonna say about a, a masterpiece? This is like Psycho all over again. Yeah. Coincidentally. Jamie Lee is related to Janet Lee. So. Yeah, she went dressed as her mom for the Halloween the Halloween Kills, Kills thing. Yeah. yeah, and in the H2O, um, Janet Lee is her secretary or whatever. Yep. And she dro- she leaves the, the car. Uh, her, her one scene. It's the exact car. That's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. They tracked it down to have it for that one scene. It's awesome. That's, but, you yeah. know, that might be the craziest thing about H2O is it's not in Haddonfield. That's the thing. That's why it feels the least like a Halloween movie. Yeah. Because it's in California, which means it's con- it's summer. Essentially, like it just looks like summer. Yeah. And there's palm trees and shit. It's just like, uh, okay. I, guess this is- I mean, I get it. I get it. She ran away from Haddonfield to get away from Michael. Yeah, it makes sense. But it- it's just weird. Yeah. Watching a, ho- a Halloween film that's not set in Haddonfield. So I'd say final thoughts and final rating, but I feel like it's pretty redundant to assume you're going to just give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, probably like a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Imagine rating Halloween lower than Leprechaun. <laughs> it could be worse. I could I could rate it lower than Puppet Master. Ah, that would definitely hurt. A 2 out of 10, you know? No, obviously it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. You know, I fucking just love this movie. I talk. I, there's a reason I talk about about it and bring it up con- consistently throughout a, lo- a lot of the episodes on the podcast. It's just like, it's, it's a movie that's easy to point to. It's a movie that is literally, in my opinion, perfect and accomplishes so much and, and you know, stands for a lot of the stuff that I love most about the genre. I, I would say so. growing up, 
I would consider the Halloween franchise to be the best for sequels. And since then, I've retracted said statement. When I thought more about it, I'm like, mm, not so much. But getting, getting to watch the Friday the 13th movies again, I think it might be Friday. Yeah. I, I Well, I, I'm very big bias towards that. But yeah. Notwithstanding I, um, part nine. Hell? Yeah. Notwithstanding that, like most of them are enjoyable, at least. Yes. But I used to think, oh, Halloween's the most consistent. Probably it's fucking not. Yeah, no. I mean, like, three of them are bad. Friday is the word consistency. Like, you consistently get some similar shit per film. Yeah. Even the ones I don't like as much. Like, I don't like the first one. But it feels more like a... I would say that that movie is better than the worst sequels in Halloween. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I think Jason Goes to Hell was possibly better than Resurrection. Possibly. Mm. They're both terrible films. I'm trying to think of a character in either one that I like. I like Creighton. I, I like Creighton Duke, but he also is not... I he, like, doesn't live up, he doesn't live up to the hype that he's supposed to have. The main character's friend who's a cop I like. He's a'ight. but he, I mean, he's hardly in the movie that much. I mean, I think But Bianca, I actively hate, like, everybody in Resurrection. I, I think Bianca Cadillac, the main girl, is fine. In Resurrection? Yeah, I think she's fine. I don't even um, remember her. Yeah. But that's about it. The rest of them are pretty fucking bad. I mean, even the main girl in Goes to Hell is not bad. It's just the main guy is horrible. The main guy is so fucking bad. He's so bad. He's so bad. But the, the story around Jason Goes to Hell... I mean, they're both... Both stories around both the Jason Goes to Hell and Resurrection. Goes to Hell. They're both... Both the stories are kind of insulting to their own franchises, but... Yes. I just... Jason Goes to Hell is barely a Friday movie. Yeah. Whereas I think there's a, there's enough Michael Myers-y shit in Resurrection to be like, well, it, it, it exists yeah. in the franchise. It's not good. Michael Myers is haunted house that's fucking ten stories tall. Yeah. Michael fucking Michael Myers with his fucking eyebrows. Michael Myers in the fucking Scooby Doo house. Michael Myers eyebrows on fleek. You know they did a Trick or Treat Studios is doing a Star Trek nineteen seventy five Captain Kirk mask. Yes, uh it's really cool. Yeah. Better pull out that white spray paint. Yeah, you gotta you gotta cut the eyes out too. No, it's open. No, we gotta cut them out more. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, when they when they got the white mask, they, they spray painted it white and they cut the eyes out more, made them wider. Yeah, make your yeah. perfect own custom Halloween mask. Yeah, the only one I have is Halloween too. If I got any, it would have to be the first one. But I would like the novelty of having the fourth. <laughs> I it's somebody, such some, a fucking terrible mask. Though. Somebody on somebody on Etsy made made one. It was a. Uh, they made like a mock-up, like a head you can have of the bandage-wrapped Michael from four. Oh, really? I would buy that. That's pretty cool. It's kind of neat. I, I, I. That's one thing. Like, I love part four. I wish. I almost wish he walked around like that the entire movie. His mask is terrible. Yeah, it's not the worst. That mask says budget. Yeah, it's not the worst. But no, I think zombies' mask is good. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Five is. It is the worst. 
Some one of the ones in H2O is pretty bad, and I'm not talking about the CGI one. Okay. The one that's like it looks like it's a vacuum form to his fucking face, and you can see his eye all the way around his eyes. So bad. That's so bad, dude. I like it best when you can't see Michael's eyes. I like his eyes in Resurrection, but yeah, it's, it's a different choice. I like I like the Michael Myers mask in Resurrection. I think the eyebrows throw me off a lot. Yeah. It's weird because he doesn't usually have eyebrows. At least not in my not in my head. I don't think about him having mm-hmm. eyebrows. But yeah, ten out of ten. Yes, ten out of ten. Halloween Five's mask is the worst. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, it's, it's horrendous. With the fucking neck shooting out like it's that. It's so fucking terrible, dude. It's, and it's the, horrible. The, the nose. It, I, it's. I'm sorry, Greg Nicotero, because I know it's made after your head. Yeah. But um, I'm sorry, dude. It ain't it, dude. It doesn't look <laughs> like Michael Myers. It looks really bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't have anything to say. I'd love to say, like, 9.5 or 9, because sometimes I get bored watching it because I've seen it so often, but I, I get bored because I've seen it a million times. And there's a reason why you've seen it a million times. Exactly. It is a 10 yeah. out of 10. It, it is really, like, the perfect film to get people interested in slashers. This is a comfort movie for me. Like, if yeah. I'm having a bad day, I'll throw this on. I will say, to me right now, it is such a background film. Like, I will have it playing in the background all the time and just being, like, reciting the scenes and not even watching the movie because it's just playing in my head. Yeah. It just shows how much you've watched it and enjoyed it over the years. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't until maybe five years ago where I was like, this is my favorite one. Yeah. And I'll stand by it. Yeah, I definitely backed down on Halloween 2 a lot. I I tried to say 4 was my favorite, and I was just like... Man, you just want to be that guy. Like, like I said to myself, like you just want to be that guy, where it's not the original. But like, Halloween Four is really good. It's a lot of fun. Not, Halloween not even just. It's so not even just fun. Like, I think Halloween Four has a like, really, like, legitimately great final girl. Yeah, and I, I, I like also, um, and Daniel Harris. Yeah, they're both great. And like their, their central their perfect. central relationship is really good. I like the characters. I mean, like Brady's an asshole, but in the end, he tries to do the right thing. I guess. I think it just it boils down to just being the same old shit, really. I mean, yeah, the whole point was like, hey, we got to bring this back to what made the original the original. Yes. So they they definitely adopt that idea a lot throughout it. Also, it has a pink mask with blonde hair, which is interesting. Wildly good. Yeah, one scene. I would love, and I would just love for them to put Michael Myers in a clown suit. I absolutely want him, I want him to, instead of having... The mechanic outfit, just a clown leotard with his mask with a red fucking uh, just like when he was a kid, the clown lives again. And he has a one-on-one face-off with Pennywise. For who's the clown that rules the town? This is the sequel to Halloween Ends. This is called Halloween Town Begins. Alright guys, evil dies tonight. <laughs> yeah. And the clown comes back. Alright. Uh, Halloween 7, The Return of the Clown. Yes, there we go. Enough from the clown. Maybe this way people will get back in the series again. Get, get Michael J. White in there to fight Michael Myers. Oh. Enough from the clown. Breaks no, his no pencils in the building, though. Yeah. So... That covers our talk about Halloween and finishes off our big 
introspective through the series from horror through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Have you learned anything really new throughout this conversations we've had for these films? Or anything just really like... I've learned a greater appreciation for certain movies. Um, specific, I would say definitely specifically Saw. Yeah. Like, also like just like appreciating the way that filmmaking has changed over the decades. That's the thing I really do love the most about going through films decade by decade. It's also really fun that we bookended this with proto-slasher and the movie that was directly inspired by it. Yeah. It was really cool. And also Mother and Daughter. It's pretty cool. But... Yeah, I mean, also, I, can, I can't say that I... I, too. I mean, yeah, having I Scream say... in there where it's very referential about what these films mean per decade. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I've learned anything different because these are all movies we chose that I know very well. Yes. Other than Saw. Like, Saw was one of, like, I hadn't seen it in so long. So it's probably the one that sticks out in my mind the most. But it is kind of just wild. It's, they're just fun to talk about. Even if they're like, you know, like movies like, especially like Psycho and, and Halloween, where it's like, what else are you going to say about them? Yeah. It's not a lot to say about discussing it or telling people about these type of facts or instances, but just going over your personal feelings about these films just makes memories come to light. Like, whenever I think about stuff from Halloween 5, it brings me back from celebrating Halloween when I was like 7 and 8. And just talking about, you know, going through these periods and binging these films about a teenager trying to find what interests me the most about this character or why am I watching the Halloween franchise. Or like, even a few years ago when I talked about when I became to appreciate the first as my favorite, just what it meant to me at that time period and how like I was changing as a person viewing film. Yeah. I mean, that's the greatest thing about big franchises and horror is that like your opinion changes for certain reasons. And thinking back about how the you, know, you used to view these things and the person you were, it's really cool. And that's something the franchise for Halloween has always meant to me, just especially the genre of horror. I agree. So Definitely. yeah, we'll we'll check in next time with whatever I, the fuck we. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we want to go into any more themes. This was kind of a lot to tackle, but yeah, I had a great time. I see the nice thing about doing themes though is that uh, you know what you're doing. You have a structure. Yeah, you don't feel like you're like like it felt like like uh, the in between month that we had. I think it was it was between uh, I think it was September between yeah Friday and and Halloween or uh, the Halloween month it was like we were like oh what are we gonna do and then we threw four movies together. It worked out well. I mean, we watched some movies that were really fucking good. Yeah. Um, some that were not as great, but or one that was horrendous. Um, but we at oh. least we kind of just threw movies together. You know, we picked ones. We're like, oh, which ones are we gonna watch? And we picked picked four movies that just we could cover. Yeah. Um, whereas with this, like, we had like a we ironed out like, what movies are we gonna watch? What are we? Gonna, why are we watching these movies? And then we're just like, okay, well, this week I picked this one off the shelf instead of being like, hey, so we need four movies, two and two, figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, and it's exactly. got to be two movies that it's got to be two movies that we both have access to yep. as well. You know, I have a lot of movies and a lot of them you probably don't have. So it's like it's tougher to pick those. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'd say for horror, maybe not as much, but some of them that we some of them we each have 
you know, like you have access to, access to some of like my my movie accounts. So, like if yeah. it's on, if, if it's, it's on like digital, movies, it's easy. Yeah, like I have, I have where... maybe more of like the classics. Like yeah, because you, like you have a bunch of the Universal sets, and I have just the Invisible Man one. But luckily now I have I have Peacock technically because I have, I watch Halloween Kills mm-hmm. on Peacock, and there's actually a surprising amount of really cool movies on there uh, for horror. And you know that it was cool. It's cool to have access to all those because that's that's how we have to plan these out. Is you know, oh, what's on this streaming service, or do we both own this movie physically? Do we have to buy this movie to to talk about it? Like I bought Bo- I bought Boba Hotep. We have to watch that sometimes. To, yeah, to, to potentially do for this yeah. month. I've I've been going through um, some of these sets. Like I have the the Hammer films and the Vincent Price set. I still have to go through the Vincent Price and set. I've, uh, I've just been watching some of those. Like um, could be something to look into. I watched Pit and the Pendulum. Just... That was a really good time. The Vincent Price one. Yes. Yeah, I haven't touched that set since we bought it. Yeah, I mean, I got it because I knew it'd be the first time I could actually watch Vibes on Blu-ray, and I don't yeah. see Vibes on DVD. Which that's what nice I bought it for. That's yeah. that's what I bought it for. But it also has like the Fall of the House of Usher. It has yes, there's a lot of great other... films on there. And I've seen Fall of the House of Usher. They showed us that, that in in um, middle no high school. Wild. Yeah, they showed us that one with Vincent Price. Wild. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I it was fucking dope. But like, yeah. there's we'll figure we'll figure it out I mean I can't say like we can't do like a th- I can't think of really a theme oh, around I would November think of Thanksgiving films and have cannibal yeah, well, like, films but I don't want to do that it's like that's the only thing we can do is like hey we gotta th- do something that involves eating things also that's something I only would get because I watched the Joe Bob special on Shudder <laughs> yeah, the, only, the only Thanksgiving movie I can think of off the top of my head that's not like a goof movie like Thanksgiving or something like is Blood I think um, what's it called oh it's the it's the, the 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 twins slasher. Oh God, I can see the poster in my head. Disregarding whatever, yeah, we'll figure yeah. out what we want to do. But yeah, Halloween was kind of the priority. Yeah, I mean that's that's the spooky month of the year. It's, 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 it's nice to get out of the horror. way. I think even if it's going to be films that aren't going to be as prominent, I would assume the podcast episodes might be a little bit shorter. There was there was an idea that we had a while ago that I would like to still attempt, but yeah. I don't know if November is the right month for it, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll talk about that. And we'll discuss it later, and we'll keep you guys tuned in. And thank you so much for joining us for this look to the decade. And now that we're done, let's look towards the future and see what's coming next. Thank you so much for joining us now. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.